0: Paul Douglas, DJ, Jordana here in spirit. Twins will be playing baseball next month. Very excited to hear that. And uh, we'll be talking more about politics as November approaches. Former Minneapolis City Council member and public safety advocate, Don Samuels, is launching a bid against Representative Ilhan Omar for Minnesota's 5th Congressional District seat with us to talk about his prospects. Uh, is she vulnerable? We've got questions. Professor Dave Schultz, poli professor from Hamlin University, always has great insight. Thank you for joining us, Professor. My pleasure for having me, and thanks to the audience. Well, I'm just curious about... Uh, This specific race, the 5th Congressional District with Don Samuels tossing his hat in the ring. Late yesterday, this vote on banning Russian oil. Just about every Democrat in the House, including Betty McCollum, Angie Craig, Dean Phillips, they all voted for the ban. But not Representative Ilhan Omar, who went on to say... Uh, And I thought this was interesting. Dependence on oil means a dependence on tyrants. I'm also gravely concerned this ban will mean ramping up domestic production. We must move on to a green economy for this and many reasons. You know, I believe me, I've been talking about climate change for 25 years. Uh, We need to phase out fossil fuels eventually. But in the short term, I don't know how we do that and keep the wheels on the bus, literally. Um, Does this make her more vulnerable? What is your insight into this?
2: Okay, it certainly does not help her whatsoever, but let's sort of think about the 5th the District Congressional race here in general. First off, we know it's one of the most solidly Democratic districts in the country, mm-hmm. and even after redistricting, where now the 5th District pushes a little bit further into, let's say, Golden Valley and suburbs, it's still a pretty solidly district, mostly Minneapolis in terms of what it is. And the reason why I mention this is that, the The winner of the of the primary, whoever wins the Democratic primary, is still likely to win um, the you know the general election. So the convention primary become important. Having said that, Don Samuels is positioning himself in a very interesting way as somebody who's going to talk about education reform, somebody who's going to talk all about um, police reform, um, and he's going to portray himself as trying to be somebody. I would say more centrist, and to try to paint Ilhan Omar as being sort of out of touch. But Omar has got several advantages. She's already the incumbent, which means she gets to use that. She's got name recognition, which helps. Um, She also has raise an incredible amount of money so she's got a lot of advantages and and beating her is not going to be easy but sam is what he has to do is prevent her for example from getting the endorsement at the convention um and then immediately i'm going to say i don't think he's got to do right now is just start raising a ton of money
0: Hmm. now wondering just how big an issue crime and public safety is going to be I, i know that samuel's went after Omar and and last falls Minneapolis ballot question that could have replaced the city's police department with a new public safety agency the whole defund the police is she vulnerable there
2: I think she is you know the fact that the murder rates and crime rates are still high in Minneapolis and I think there's anxiety in the suburbs about it I think she remains vulnerable on that I think that's also one of um, um, Samuel's, I think, strength in terms of a candidate. He's carved out a position on that, so I think that's a vulnerability for her. Um, I'll be curious to also see how he positions himself on the economy issues in terms of I think people are very, very antsy right now about inflation. But then also this, this. If you had talked to me yesterday, um, I would have get a slightly different answer here. But I think this vote on Ukraine is not going to play well, you know, because I think, as you pointed out here, Democrats and Republicans, there's a pretty powerful bipartisan consensus right now um, about doing something about Russian oil and about Ukraine. And I don't think she positioned herself well. So if Samuels can say, listen, I'm better situated um, with as, as a centrist Democrat, he can pick up Republican vote, centrist Democrats, and pick up Democrats who have been unhappy um, with Omar on a variety of issues. Uh, he positions himself well. Again, the hurdles are high, but he is potentially a formidable
0: candidate. Hmm. So, Professor Schultz, let's pivot to the governor's race. We've got Senator Paul Gazelka, Rich Stanick, Senator Michelle Benson, Kendall Qualls, uh, Lexington Mayor Mike Murphy, Dr. Neil Shaw, and uh, Dr. Scott Jensen. And he just named former Minnesota Viking Center Matt Burke to be his running mate as lieutenant governor. And I couldn't help but notice something that Matt Burke said, who appears, I mean, to me, as as more of a moderating influence, perhaps, on on some of the things that uh, Dr. Jensen has said in, in recent months. He said, when questioned, I think we need to get past Trump and the election. And all that. I think we need to move forward. Quite honestly, I don't think we're doing any good going back two years talking about things and complaining and just basically making noise and making any type of progress. So, again, when asked about the election results, did Biden win? uh, It sure seems like Matt Burke answered to the affirmative that, yes, he did. Let's turn the page and move forward. Uh, Could could this be part of, of Scott Jensen's strategy? Uh, to appeal to independence?
2: I think it is. And I think Jensen is trying to sort of do two different things here. First, again, he's facing a crowded field, and he's carved off a fairly conservative wing for himself um, in hoping that the base is closer to him. And so I think that's the one thing that he's doing. But by putting Burke on, I think what he's hoping to do is if he can get the convention endorsement, is to uh, is now position himself going towards a primary, going towards a general election, because he's going to have to, at the end of the day, Jensen and Burke are going to have to win over suburban voters. Right now, uh, polls are suggesting that about 70 percent of of Minnesotans in the suburbs support, for example, the, the governor's position, let's say, on on, on masks and on, and on the virus um, this was an issue that was important to jensen it's fading as an issue so so we have to be thinking about how how do the Republicans um, position themselves in the suburbs especially among college educated suburban women and win them over because that's the battleground um, and, and again in general waltz has support there so the, the Republicans need to figure out a way of reaching towards the center and I'm not sure Burke does that. Uh, um, he's, 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 he's portraying himself as a centrist, but I'm not sure um, his pick gets um, Jensen, let's say that wide swath of suburban voters that he really needs.
0: Interesting. Uh, professor, based on polling that you've seen as of today, is Dr. Jensen the frontrunner in the GOP, or does Paul Gazelka still have the edge when, when you go, you know uh, up against uh, Governor Walls? Jensen seems to be the front runner within
2: the party, Republican Party, um and also has the um, you know the most fundraising at this point. But it but but if we sort of do statewide polls, Jensen and Gazelka are both approximately in the same position um, mm-hmm. compared to, to Waltz, And so they haven't really broken through yet, let us say, beyond the Republican base to capturing the attention, again, of the suburban, you know, and independent voters. So, again, that's their challenge. So I would say right now that Jensen's got the better chance within the party, uh, but both of them face this you know, uphill you know, battle at this point to, to reach out to a broader constituency.
0: Last question, Professor Schultz, and thank you for bearing with me here. I'm just curious. A lot of people lament the fact that we don't have a third party, uh, an independent party, a centrist party. Uh, We do have the forward party now. And Corey Heppola, formerly from CCO, is uh, out campaigning. And I've seen some of his videos. Is he moving the needle? What are the prospects for Mr. Heppola? Well, it's, it's, you know, you know, we're a state that last elected an independent governor back in
2: 1998 with Jesse Ventura, we used to have a good tradition of supporting third party candidates, you know, Minnesota politics, like national politics has become more polarized. I think it's harder now for a third party candidate, um, you know, to sort of emerge um, than it was before. Now, HEPLA does have some advantage. She's got some name recognition for many years being on CCO, and that will help him. but, but. I just don't know right now if he's got enough of an identity uh, or enough of, let's say a passionate following in the way that governor Ventura did to sort of really, you know, catch fire. And so I think his challenge is going to be to convert that celebrity ship over into the passion, again, over into fundraising. And I think, The Democrats need to worry more than Republicans, because when I look at where where Corey is at this point, his positions seem a little bit closer, I would say, to Walsh than they do to the Republicans. And so I think the Democrats need to be concerned about the fact that, let's say, even if Corey only gets five or six percent of the vote, you know, I think more that's going to come out of the Democrats
0: side than it's going to come out of the Republican side. Interesting. Political science professor extraordinaire from hamlin university dave schultz thank you prof i really appreciate you stepping up and spending some time with us today dave my pleasure paul thank you very much thank you professor